Section 11 of Crazy Anatomy Part 5 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ellie Anatomy of the Human Body Part 5 by Henry Gray The Mouse Part 4 The Tongue, Lingua The tongue is the principal organ of the sense of taste and an important organ of speech. It also assists in the mastication and agglutination of the food. It is situated in the floor of the mouth, within the curve of the body of the mandible. Its root, radix linguae base, is directed backward and connected with the hyoid bone by the hyoglossy and genioglossy muscles and the hyoglossal membrane, with the epiglottis by three folds, glossoepiglottic, of mucous membrane, with the soft palate by the glossopalatine arches, and with the pharynx by the constrictoris pharyngis superioris and the mucous membrane. Its apex, apex linguae, tip, thin and narrow, is directed forward against the lingual surfaces of the lower incisor teeth. Its inferior surface, fatius inferior linguae, under surface, is connected with the mandible by the genioglossi. The mucous membrane is reflected from it to the lingual surface of the gum and on the floor of the mouth, where, in the middle line, it is elevated into a distinct vertical fold, the frenulum linguae. On either side lateral to the frenulum is a slight fold of the mucous membrane, the plica fibriata, the free edge of which occasionally exhibits a series of fringe-like processes. The apex of the tongue, the inferior surface, the sides and dorsum are free. The dorsum of the tongue, dorsum linguae, is convex and marked by a median sulcus, which divides it into symmetrical halves. This sulcus ends behind, about 2.5 cm from the root of the organ, in a depression, the foramen caecum, from which a shallow groove, the sulcus terminalis, runs lateralward and forward on either side to the margin of the tongue. The part of the dorsum of the tongue, in front of its groove, forming about two-thirds of its surface, looks upward and is rough and covered with papillae. The posterior third looks backward and is smoother, and contains numerous mucoparous glands and lymphollicles, lingual tonsil. The foramen caecum is the remains of the upper part of the thyroglossal duct, or diverticulum, from which the thyroid gland is developed. The pyramidal lobe of the thyroid gland indicates the position of the lower part of the duct. The papillae of the tongue are projections of the corium, they are thickly distributed over the anterior two-thirds of its dorsum, giving to this surface its characteristic roughness. The varieties of papilla metvis are the papilla valate, papilla fungiformes, papilla filiformes, and papilla simplices. The papilla valate, circumvallate papillae, are of a large size and vary from eight to twelve in number. They are situated at the dorsum of the tongue, immediately in front of the foramen caecum and sulcus terminalis forming a row on either side. The two rows run backward and medialward, and meet in the middle line, like the limbs of the letter V inverted. Each papilla consists of a projection of mucous membrane from one to two millimeter wide, attached to the bottom of a circular depression of the mucous membrane. The margin of the depression is elevated from a wall, vallum, and between this and the papilla is a circular sulcus, termed the fossa. The papilla is shaped like a truncated cone, the smaller end being directed downward and attached to the tongue, the broader part or base projecting a little above the surface of the tongue and being studded with numerous small secondary papillae and covered with stratified squamous epithelium. The papillae fungiformes, fungiform papillae, 
maniumoras than the preceding are found chiefly at the sides and apex they are scattered irregularly and sparingly over the dorsum they are easily recognized among the other papillae by their large size rounded eminences and deep red color they are narrow at their attachment to the tongue but broad and rounded at the free extremities and covered with secondary papillae the papillae filiformes filiform or conical papillae cover the interior two-thirds of the dorsum they are very minute filiform in shape and arranged in lines parallel with the two rows of the papillae valate excepting at the apex of the organ where the direction is transverse projecting from the apices are numerous filamentous processes or secondary papillae these are the whitish tint owing to the thickness and density of the epithelium of which they are composed which has here undergone a peculiar modification the cells having become conified and elongated into dense imbricated brush-like processes they contain also a number of elastic fibres which render them firmer and more elastic than the papillae of mucous membrane generally the larger and longer papillae of this group are sometimes termed papillae conice the papillae simplices are similar to those of the skin and cover the whole of the mucous membrane of the tongue as well as the larger papillae they consist of closely set microscopic elevations of the corneum each containing a capillary loop covered by a layer of epithelium muscles of the tongue the tongue is divided into lateral halves by a medium fibrous septum which extends throughout its entire length and is fixed below to the hyoid bone in either half there are two sets of muscles extrinsic and intrinsic the former having their origins outside the tongue the latter are contained entirely within it the extrinsic muscles are genioglossus hyoglossus chondroglossus stiloglossus glossopalatinus footnote one hundred and sixty the glossopalatinus palatoglossus although one of the muscles of the tongue is more closely associated with the soft palate both in situation and function it has consequently been described as the muscles of that structure End of footnote. the genioglossus genioglossus is a flat triangular muscle close to and parallel with the median plane its apex corresponding with its point of origin from the mandible its base with its insertion into the tongue and hyoid bone it arises by a sort of tendon from the superior mental spine on the inner surface of the symphysis menti immediately above the genioglossus and from this point spreads out in a fan-like form the inferior fibres extend backward to be attached by thin aponeurosis to the upper part of the body of the hyoid bone a few passing between the hyoglossus and chondroglossus to blend with the constrictoris pharyngis the middle fibres pass backward and the superior ones upward and forward to enter the whole length of the under surface of the tongue from the root to the apex the muscles of opposite sides are separated at their insertions by the median fibrous septum of the tongue in front they are more or less blended owing to the decussation of fasciculi in the median plane the hyoglossus thin and quadrilateral arises from the side of the body and from the whole length of the greater corno of the hyoid bone and passes almost vertically upward to enter the side of the tongue between the styloglossus and longitudinalis inferior the fibres arising from the body of the hyoid bone overlap those of the greater corno the chondroglossus is sometimes described as part of the hyoglossus but is separated from it by fibres of the genioglossus which passes through the side of the pharynx it is about two centimetres long and arises from the medial side and base of the lesser corno and contiguous portion of the body of the hyoid bone and passes directly upward to blend with the intrinsic muscular fibres of the tongue 
between the hyoglossus and genioglossus. A small slip of muscular fibers is occasionally found, arising from the cartilago tritisia in the lateral hyosyroid ligament, and entering the tongue with the hindermost fibers of the hyoglossus. The styloglossus, the shortest and smallest of the three styloid muscles, arises from the anterior and lateral surfaces of the styloid process, near its apex, and from the stylomandibular ligament, passing downward and forward between the internal and external carotid arteries, it divides upon the side of the tongue near its dorsal surface, blending with the fibers of the longitudinalis inferior in front of the hyoglossus. The other oblique overlaps the hyoglossus and the cassettes with its fibers. The intrinsic muscles are longitudinalis superior, transversus, longitudinalis inferior, verticalis. The longitudinalis lingui superior, superior lingualis, is a thin stratum of oblique and longitudinal fibers immediately underlying the mucous membrane on the dorsum of the tongue. It arises from a submucous fibrous layer close to the epiglottis, and from the median fibrous septum and runs forward to the edges of the tongue. The longitudinalis lingua inferior, inferior lingualis, is a narrow band situated on the under surface of the tongue between the genioglossus and hyoglossus. It extends from the root to the apex of the tongue. Behind, some of its fibers are connected with the body of the hyoid bone, in front it blends with the fibers of the styloglossus. The transversus linguae, transverse lingualis, consists of fibers which arise from the median fibrous septum and pass lateralward to be inserted into the submucous fibrous tissue at the sides of the tongue. The verticalis linguae, vertical lingualis, is found only at the borders of the forepart of the tongue. Its fibers extend from the upper to the under surface of the organ. The median fibrous septum of the tongue is very complete, so that the anastomosis between the two lingual arteries is not very free. Nerves, the muscles of the tongue described above, are supplied by the hyoglossal nerve. Actions, the movements of the tongue, although numerous and complicated, may be understood by carefully considering the direction of the fibers of its muscles. The genioglossi, by means of their posterior fibers, draw the root of the tongue forward and protrude the apex from the mouth. The interior fibers draw the tongue back into the mouth. The interior fibers draw the tongue back into the mouth. The two muscles acting in their entirety draw the tongue downward, so as to make its superior surface concave from side to side, forming a canal along which fluids may pass toward the pharynx, as in sucking. The hyoglossi depress the tongue and draw down its sides. The styloglossi draw the tongue upward and backward. The glossopalatini draw the root of the tongue upward. The intrinsic muscles are mainly concerned in alternating the shape of the tongue, whereby it becomes shortened, narrowed, or curved in different portions. Thus, the longitudinalis superior and inferior tend to shorten the tongue. But the former, in addition, turn the tip and sides upward so as to render the dorsum concave, while the latter pull the tip downward and render the dorsum convex. The transversus narrows and elongates the tongue, and the verticalis flattens and broadens it. The complex arrangement of the muscular fibers of the tongue and the various directions in which they run give this organ the power of assuming the forms necessary for the enunciation of the different consonantal sounds. And McAllister states, There is reason to believe that the musculature of the tongue varies in different races, owing to the hereditary practice and habitual use of certain motions required for enunciating the several vernacular languages. Structure of the tongue the tongue is partly invested by mucous membrane the submucous fibrous layer. The mucous membrane, 
tonicum mucosa linguae, differs in different parts. That covering the under surface of the origin is thin, smooth, and identical in structure with that lining the rest of the oral cavity. The mucous membrane of the dorsum of the tongue, behind the foramen caecum and sulcus terminalis, is thick and freely movable over the subjacent parts. It contains a large number of lymphoid follicles, which together constitute what is sometimes termed the lingual tonsil. Each follicle forms a rounded eminence, the center of which is perforated by a minute orifice leading into a funnel-shaped cavity or recess. Around these recess are grouped numerous oval-rounded nodules of lymphoid tissue, each enveloped by a capsule derived from the submucosa, while opening into the bottom of the recess are also seen the ducts of mucous glands. The mucous membrane on the anterior part of the dorsum of the tongue is thin, immediately adherent to the muscular tissue, and presents numerous minute surface eminences, the papillae of the tongue. It consists of a layer of connective tissue, the corneum or mucosa, covered with epithelium. The epithelium is of the stratified squamous variety, similar to but much thinner than that of the skin, and each papilla has a separate investment from root to summit. The deepest cells may sometimes be attached as a separate layer, corresponding to the red mucosum, but they never contain coloring matter. The corium consists of a dense feldwork of fibrous connective tissue, with numerous elastic fibers firmly connected with the fibrous tissue forming the septa between the muscular bundles of the tongue. It contains the ramifications of the numerous vessels and nerves from which the papillae are supplied, large plexuses of lymphatic vessels and the glands of the tongue. Structure of the papillae. The papillae apparently resemble in structure those of the cutis, consisting of cone-shaped projections of connective tissue, covered with a thick layer of stratified squamous epithelium, and containing one or more capillary loops, among which nerves are distributed in great abundance. If the epithelium be removed, it will be found that they are not simple elevations like the papillae of the skin, for the surface of each is studded with a minute conical process, which forms secondary papillae. In the papillae valate, the nerves are numerous and of a large size. In the papillae fungiformis, they are also numerous, and they end in a plexiform network, from which brush-like branches proceed. In the papillae filiformis, the mode of termination is uncertain. Glands of the tongue. The tongue is provided with mucous and serous glands. The mucous glands are similar in structure to the labial and buccal glands. They are found especially at the back part behind the valid papillae but they are also present at the apex and marginal parts. In this connection, the anterior lingual glands, blended or known, require special notice. They are situated on the under surface of the apex of the tongue, one on either side of the frenulum, where they are covered by fasciculars of muscular fibers derived from the stuloglossus and longitudinalis inferior. They are from 12 to 25 millimeters long and about 8 millimeters broad, and each opens by three or four ducts on the under surface of the apex. The serous glands occur only in the back of the tongue in the neighborhood of the taste buds, the ducts opening for the most part into the fossa of the valid papillae. These glands are rachmos, the duct of each branching into several minute ducts, which end in alveoli, lined by a single layer of more or less columnar epithelium. Their secretion is of a watery nature and probably assists in the distribution of the substance to be tasted over the taste area. Ebna. The septum. The septum consists of a vertical layer of fibrous tissue extending throughout the entire length of the medium plane of the tongue, though not quite reaching the dorsum. It is thicker behind than in front and occasionally contains a small fibrocartilage about six millimeters in length. 
it is well displayed by making a vertical section across the organ the hyoglossal membrane is a strong fibrous lamina which connects the under surface of the root of the tongue to the body of the hyoid bone this membrane receives in front some of the fibres of the genioglossi taste buds the end organs of the gustatory sense are scattered over the mucous membrane of the mouth and tongue at irregular intervals they occur especially in the sides of the valley papillae in the rabbit there is a localized area at the side of the base of the tongue the papillae foliata in which they are especially abundant they are described under the organs of the senses vessels and nerves the main artery of the tongue is the lingual branch of the external carotid but the external maxillary and descending pharyngeal also give branches to it the veins open into the internal jugula the lymphatics of the tongue have been described on page six hundred ninety six the sensory nerves of the tongue are one the lingual branch of the mandibula which is distributed to the papillae at the forepart and sides of the tongue and forms the nerve of ordinary sensibility for its interior two-thirds second the quarter tympani branch of the facial which runs in the sheath of the lingual and is generally regarded as the nerve of taste for the interior two-thirds this nerve is a continuation of the sensory root of the facial nervus intermedius third the lingual branch of the glossopharyngeal which is distributed to the mucous membrane at the base and sides of the tongue and to the papillae valate and which supplies both gustatory filaments and fibres of general sensation to this region for the superior laryngeal which sends some fine branches to the root near the epiglottis end of section eleven recording by ellie february two thousand and ten